Good morning, everyone. Good morning and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast, episode 78. Episode 78. Steve, are you there? I am. Episode I mean, 78. 78. It's, it's a milestone episode because this episode is the episode, the last episode before Steve's going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, he's not going mm-hmm. forever, are you, Steve? No, I am not. I don't think so. Well, I don't think so. No, he's not. He's <laughs> unless, not so don't. unless something happens to me. So don't worry. Um, oh, to those people who are new to the podcast, sorry, I always forget. I always have to address the people who are new to the podcast, Steve. And so this is the Portugal Podcast. Mm-hmm. My name is Michael Bath. That's Steve. Steve's my mate in Sydney, GT3997 previous air-cooled owner. I only own one 911 and 997, being my first. I only had one. Only one, I should say. Only one. Being my first, and I should have more. I should have another one, but I can't make up my mind. And oh, If things in life were so easy, <laughs> I tell you, if things in life were so easy, I've had a, I mean, I was just, and I'm not going to say it on, on recording, but I'll be honest, I've had a shitty week this week, and I think Steve has too. Steve's been ill, but I've had mm. a shitty week because I've just been harassed by people. And I, I don't want to be harassed by people. If people harass me online, then I'm going to stop being online, Steve. Mm, you could do that, but <laughs> you probably don't really want to. Um, but, you know, I'm, of course... I'm, I'm often I've, not online. <laughs> yeah, of course the good people outweigh the bad. So that's what makes me keep going. But, you know, honestly, um, I thought well, YouTube was bad. I thought are... YouTube was bad, but YouTube's not, not bad compared to, you know... The current state. But anyway, that's it. Enough of that. I'm not going to get into that because it's not worth it and it's not important. Um, all right. Uh, I just want to touch on the few things, Steve, before we get into what you've been doing this week and what's happening. We all know that um, mm-hmm. this episode is going to be purely about the GT3. Um, it's not going to be like other people's GT3 videos that are all over the internet with people having, you know, Porsche's um, press images and press videos and talking in front of them. It's not going to be that technical. Steve and I are not that technical, even though Steve prefers to be a bit more technical than me. I don't really give a damn (laughs) (laughs) that much it's about the feeling with me it's about how i feel about the car it's about how it makes me feel i got some interesting thoughts about it steve and i'm wondering if yours are the same um Mm -hmm. so we'll get into that shortly patreon i just want to do a thing about the patreon because this is my like our little ad for the start of the podcast um i had no new members we've had no new members for patreon um porsche good exclusive on patreon i guess to keep us talking it really does help if we get you guys support um, of course, the, the podcast is free, but if you want to support us, you can go over to Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Porsche Cooled and become a member for as little as $2 US up to up to uh, 10 US. So a lot cheaper than other podcasts out there. I notice there's quite a few other podcasts on Patreon who are wanting a lot more money, but just, just to help us going. So um, that would be great if anyone else can help support the podcast there. Porsche Cooled Owner Story. Steve, you've probably been so busy you didn't get a chance to listen to yeah, um, Mark's story. Have I a listen. Had a you chance. haven't? Okay. Nope. Have a listen to it. That's it's a really it's a really good story. Um, Mark's a really nice guy. Mark's from um, the UK. Um, he's had three Porsches. Uh, he started with a 70s Targa in um, a green, a very nice green. Not Linden green. Mm. It was like a not viper green it's, it was a very nice green it's on his um it's on his instagram um so you can check mm-hmm. it out there and i've just forgotten mm-hmm. mark sorry mark i know you're listening and i'm gonna have to go to instagram to tell everyone what your instagram is because i've forgotten it and i know it's dempsey something yeah so you go to mark's instagram it's dempsey d-e-m-p-s-e-y eight six one seven um go and show your support go and follow mark um have a look at his cars he's got most of them on there 
Anyway, Steve, he owned a 70s Targa, first one. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. he bought a 87, uh, 87 911 Carrera and Cassis Red G50 gearbox. Oh, the Cassis Red guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah cool. So it's Cassis Red. And I have to say, I like that color. I do like the color. I think, you know, like I said, it's not something I would spec today, but in that Carrera, in that 80s Carrera, I think it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, his wheels are also color matched. They came from the factory color match. So they got the color match, color match meal, uh, wheels. Sorry. I did Old notice online. Yeah. I did notice online, Steve, that um, there was a picture. Someone had a picture of a 930 Turbo and I sent it to Mark actually. Mm. And it was in green and it had the same green color coded wheels. So it was obviously a. It was obviously an option at the time for that Carrera. Oh, it has been though, hasn't it? Has I it? Think even like with, yeah, 964s, 993s, I think you could always kind of do it. Um, very distinct look. Yeah. I mean, I think it works. I think it works. I mean, it's it works now anyway. It really does work now. I don't know if you'd spec a new 992 with a coloured wheel, so I'm, I know that's an option, but I'm still not, I'm not convinced on that one. I don't know. I'm not. I've convinced. seen the ones where there's almost like the halfway house. You know how the, like the front face of the the wheel is still silver or black or whatever, but then like some of the edging on the inside, sort of slight inside of the spoke or whatever, is um, coloured. Yeah, yeah. Not quite so kind of garish and full on. Well, maybe that's. I mean, better. I still wouldn't do it, but yeah. No, I think it looks good on Mark's um, on Mark's uh, 3.2 Carrera. I think. It looks good on the Taycan. I like the coloured wheels on the Taycan. I like that Stormtrooper sort of look on the Taycan, however they do it. I think mm. it works on that because mm. it is quite futuristic. Anyway, so Mark owned the uh, 70s Targa. He bought an 87 911. He's had it for quite a few years now. He's had it, you know, resprayed and fixed up. And it's it's also, if you want to watch it, and I know people who have listened to the story already know this, but if you want to watch it, you go to Roger Bailey's YouTube channel and Roger Bailey does some videos on 911s. And he's got a really good video of Mark's car on there, um, drone footage and everything. Okay. So um, Mark reached out to him and he's, he wanted to use his car and then he did a review of his car on, on the channel. So you can see his car there as well. And then during the stage of owning the 87 911 Carrera, Mark bought a 924 off an older couple, 70-year-old, 70-year-old guy that had it for like I think 30 years or 40 years. Right. But quite an interesting 924 and it's on his Instagram as well, Steve. It's like just standard, like steel wheels, black no sunroof. Mm-hmm. And Mark said when he took it to car shows and stuff, it was actually quite, um, it was quite rare. Like people were saying, wow, I haven't really seen mm. a black 924. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but anyway, Mark's a really good guy. Like I said, go and follow him on his Instagram and, uh, and listen to the story because it's a really good story. And um, it's just great to meet, you know, all these owners. He's, I mean, I've done a few owner stories recordings over the last week, Steve, over the last couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Common bond, but each story is just that little bit different. You know what I mean? And I think that's what people like about it. People like listening to it. Mm. Yeah, cool. Um, nice. So the Apple ratings and reviews, I just want to cover this really quickly. Um, we had one review. I'm going to talk into the microphone today. I'm going all over the place because I can't see my screen. We had an um, Apple review from CKSW9 in Surrey in Great Britain. We got a lot of fans in mm-hmm. Great Britain Um Got a lot of fans in Great Britain, and we've got a lot of fans in the US, and we've also got a lot of fans through um, Europe, not to mention Australia, but also the Nordic countries, European countries. So that's great. Um, what about Nepal? I thought we read well. No, that Nepal. was Spike. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to. weird country that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to go through the list of where we've been in, in the charts because, you know, for obvious reasons. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> 
but a great read, a great review on Apple Podcasts, Apple uh, ratings and reviews, I should say. So if you go to Apple Podcasts, if you're on Apple Podcasts, I mean, it seems like most people listen to podcasts through Apple. Uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. Windows users and Android users would hate to know that, but Apple Podcasts is the number one supplier. It's where most of the listeners come from, um, apart from Spotify and then uh, Stitcher is the next one. They're the top three. Um, right. But if you give us a review on that, Steve, when people give us a review on Apple, it pushes up in the search rating, it puts us in the charts, and you know it helps us. We've got a lot of ratings now. I think we've got 70. Uh, it only shows up in the country you're in, and I've said this before. I think there's like 70 ratings and reviews now on our podcast, which is you know great right. support from everyone that listens to it. So I really appreciate that. Um, so thank you for that. And it was a good review from CKSW9. Um, so thank you for that review in the last couple of days that came through. Cool. All right, Steve. Um, what's happened? Tell me what happened with your GT3. You told me you took it in for service. You picked it up today, right? Yeah, I just dropped it in this morning. Oh, I haven't been well. Woke up late, rushed across because I didn't want to get trapped in Sydney traffic, and I did. Um, dropped it off and kind of prayed like crazy that there wasn't anything major and turned out that there wasn't. Um, last year was its major service. This year obviously was then the sort of minor. Um, they did just the standard kind of fluids, uh, oil, changed the brake, brake fluids, um, and nothing kind of came up. I did kind of query some of, you know, like the little you know, the little things on the end where they kind of go, these things are potential things to oh, yeah. um, sort yes. of happen. So I've got a couple more of those sort of popping up on my list. Um, oh, really? What are they? Which are slight cracks beginning to appear in the coolant reservoir, which doesn't sound great. Coolant reservoir. That's just the plastic the reservoir, Basically is it? a coolant tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of. Is that, a, is that difficult to change? I asked that question. Um, we're talking, you know, 11, 1500 bucks tops or something like that. But I think that was just completely off the top of the head. Um, how could that be so much lab? though, Steve? Sorry to go on. But how could that be $1,100 for, is it, is it hard to access, is it? Probably, I have no idea. You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> um, the sway bar bushes are showing signs of wear and I asked about, remember I'd said to you previously the gearbox mount um, yes. was starting to kind of crack. So I asked about that again and um, they sort of said, yeah, yeah, like it's very much like an engine mount, you know, like a piece I'm using my hands to people that can't see um, and it's got a sort of rubber bit in the middle just like an engine mount and, you know, like the um, the rubber bit's starting to crack but, you know, it's completely serviceable at the moment but, you know, but what sooner impact, or later it's going to need replacing. What impact does that have? Does that give more vibration through the car? What does it did, did they tell you what it was supposed to be through the transmission? Didn't ask. Didn't look. There was fairly nonchalant, so I don't think at all it's sort of like a big kind of um, thing. Um, the guys usually sort of obviously point it out when it is a big thing, or you get the phone call, you know, about an hour after you've kind of dropped the car off, which um, so it's all fine. Yeah, but it, it's kind of clever what they do, you know, when they put that little those little extra things because it gets it in your head. <laughs> You know what I yeah, mean? And you of know, course. like, oh, yeah, it's okay. Oh, but I want the car to be perfect. I think oh, maybe I should just do those. Oh, it's only uh, 3000 Oh, I've got 3000 this month. Space. Yeah, I'll just do it. <laughs> we've, just... we've talked about this sort of thing before, whereas I kind of go, yeah, no, I'm one of those. <laughs> like, well, I don't, I don't think I'm as full on as you. Where you Drive it till you break it. on you more. I'm not quite that bad, but, <laughs> yeah. So, 
And then I don't think I ever told you, like ages ago I had, um, well, maybe I did, I had a spare, my second steering wheel retrimmed in Alcantara. Told you that, didn't I? Uh, through ProStitch? No, through my other mate Clarence um, with that oh, kind of batch of stuff. But didn't it go dis- um, disappeared for a while, didn't it? Yeah, but it came back. Um, so I'd <laughs> never had it fitted. Right. It just took a while. Um, I'd never had it fitted, so if I just sort of dug it up and sort of thought, you know what, stuff it, just get them to fit it and see what it's like. Oh, so they did? Um, yep. And how is it? It's one of those things that I'm pretty sure that I could probably fit myself. Yeah. The only reason why I raised it was, like, again, because this is a audio podcast as opposed to a visual thing. Um, it's thicker. I had them, when I had him uh, retrim it, um, it's, you know, sort of grey Alcantara, blah, 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 but it's got a little bit more um, girth to the actual rim. So. Yeah, which Porsche offer as an option right in that wheel, in the wheels. They have, I think they, 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 they did, but I don't know wheels. how thick. Yeah, um, I, don't, I think the thick version is quite rare because um, the one that I had on there yesterday is an RS wheel, but it's I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, it's quite thin. So, so what's the initial impression then? How does it feel? Do you like it? Mm, I don't know. It's different. It's really weird. I know like um, people talk about M cars, BMW M cars, like my 1M was like that and most M3s have really chunky steering wheels and it's so chunky to the point that um, you kind of hear some car journos sort of say that they really don't like it because it makes it, that they just don't like the feeling. Um, I've read the opposite where they talk about um Porsche steering wheels are traditionally quite thin-rimmed and it's deliberate, like it's part of the experience. So part of me was kind of going, oh, I shouldn't really mess with that, should I? Like if if they kind of intended it to be, you know, sort of relatively thin, like should I kind of keep it that way? But Yeah, yeah. So I don't actually know. Um, mm, mm. The You know, if I don't like it, then I'll just switch it back. I think it's something I can pretty, pretty much do myself if I want to. Oh, well, at least you got the part. I'm still chasing my sunroofs around. I got a very bizarre email. Didn't want to ask you, mate. I got a very, very bizarre email a couple mm. of days ago. I don't. I didn't actually. Once again, it was another thing that I got during the week where I read it and I just don't understand it. I don't know whether this is a common thread that it's me going crazy, but it's it's like these things on Instagram. It's like I just read it and I I just don't understand it. So like, would you prefer not to talk about it? <laughs> well, I don't want to. I don't want to name because you know I think he does a good job and I don't want to. I don't want to shame him or anything, right? But apparently that. The person in Australia, apparently there's, there's something to do with someone in Australia now. I don't know. What is this? And apparently the person in Australia hasn't sent back all their parts. So that's why he hasn't done my part. Now, What's it got to do with you? I have no idea. I, I'm very confused because the last time I spoke to him, he was buying a part off eBay and he was getting it done, but he wanted to send it with the parts to someone in Australia. But now he's making out like the part of mine is coming from Australia I don't know whether he's getting fused, confused in the fact that he sent me Nick's part that went to Australia then I had to pay to send back to Nick and he told Nick that he told me it's that like the guy in Australia wrecked it and that, I don't know. The story just gets weirder and weirder. This has been the worst experience, I have to tell you. It's been the worst experience. Um, just got a pro, John, John a pro stitch paint. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll leave it a for a bit longer. Down. I'm going to leave it a bit longer, but yeah. you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to buy it mm. from exclusive option. Because it's easy. You just go online, you just buy it, you just, you know, whatever. Yeah, email. John will sort you out. He's good. John's really good. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. I don't know. I'm just over it. I'm so over it. Um, so I'm still waiting for that. And then Nick uh, Nick in the UK, my mate in the UK, he's got the Carrera 4S, mm. who was on the first owner stories, mm. as you know. 
he sends me his um got his chrono cover done in leather like you did. Yep. Yep. And it looks really Happy. good. Yeah, but he did it yep. like the guy in the UK did it like so quickly. Like it's only been I swear I I don't know I could be losing time here, but I swear it's only been like ten days and it's done. What is yeah. so difficult about my sunroof surround? I don't understand. I don't understand. I think it's to do with money, mm. you know, that I think it's to do with the fact that the first part was lost or something happened with it. And, I mean, remember the first p- the part was actually finished. My sunroof leather surround was actually finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he sent me an image yeah. of it and it looked fantastic. It's like, yeah. great, looks great. Nice. Thank you. You know, it's the first thing he did, very first thing he made, for, finished. And then now yep. it's just become this, I don't know, saga. It's become a saga. Mm. Um, I want to talk oh, about... Actually... Yeah, yeah, tell me. Sorry, and uh, I ordered your rear number plate bracket thingy thing with mine. Okay, do you so want to relive that in. for the people that haven't heard that story? or Not really, because it's pretty boring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Isn't um, it? Yeah, last week we were talking about the number plates. There was a guy in Australia in Queensland, I think it is. He's in Queensland, right? Tassie. Tasmania. Tasmania. Oh, okay. Tasmania. He's in Tasmania. So he does these brackets. Um, he was quite well known. He had a very big business he does the brackets and it makes a cleaner um, bracket for your number plate on australian cars so you have to have the number plate you can't not have number plates um my one at the rear sits too high steve sits a bit low um or steve's you can see the holes so we're getting brackets done steve's getting the front and rear bracket i'm just getting the rear bracket to make it cleaner um so what i'll do is when i eventually get back to sydney which is hopefully soon i'll take a picture of my i'll do a video maybe i'll do a whole video on it Changing the number plate. <laughs> <laughs> huh? I was watching. Style. I was watching TGE on YouTube last night. He did a whole video about tinting his windows. It's like, how did you make a ten-minute video just about getting your windows tinted? Driving there, driving back, and showing the windows tinted. It's amazing how people can just you... fill up fodder. You say we ramble and rant. At least we have some kind of you know point and to our conversation. By the time you throw in a couple of sponsor messages, then there's a ten minutes. <clears throat> I have to say the one thing I really dislike. I really like Smoking Tire, you know that. I do like his podcast. And I do kind of like him. I like how he's a bit more, you know, to the point. Um, I don't know about the dope smoking thing. I'm not so keen on that. But I do like how he's to the point. Um, And I like Spike. But I really have to say I really don't like how Matt Farah does his ads on Smoking Tire. I really don't like how – like I went for a run yesterday. I don't think he does either. I went for a run yesterday. I'm not kidding. From the place here we live in, in Bahrain, in Sanabas, I literally ran to pass the convention center which is a good kilometers away and a kilometer, it felt like a kilometer and the, he's still reading the ads out. You know what I mean? Don't like, you skip them? I could, but then I just got, I was in a bit of a trance and I was thinking about all the other hassles in my life and I didn't skip them. And then I realized that, that he still hadn't even started the podcast. And it's like, why these ads go for too long? Like at least Spike mm, because doesn't. Because that's how he's making his money. But no, I'm not saying about not making the money. I understand you've got to make the money, but put the ads through the podcast like what Spike does, he doesn't uh, read. I'll give you, I'll give you the alternate um, thing. Being an advertising person, because I, I reckon he's mentioned it too. Like I've heard him sort of say, the one thing that makes him feel really awkward is having to kind of do those. They're called live reads when you sort of read out the ad and all that sort of stuff. Because he sometimes kind of contributes to some of the writing in it, but more often than not, it's an idiot like me. Or I'm an art director, not a copywriter, but. Somebody writes a script, gives it to him, makes out like he has to kind of endorse it. He feels really uncomfortable kind of doing the read or whether it's YouTube or like on a podcast. So I reckon what he's deliberately doing is that he's smashing all of them out and um, he knows that most viewers 
um, will probably kind of, you know, skip straight to like about five minutes into the kind of beginning of the podcast. Like if I watch his YouTube thing, I'll look at the little preview and work out where his title frame yeah. is and then that's where I'll start. Okay. So he he knows that he's kind of having to do what he needs to do as a business and make his money. Okay. But I reckon that's the reason why he's not scattering them. Well, I'm an advertiser. That's what I would do. I'm an advertiser, right? And for me, <laughs> yep. I would rather be on Spike's podcast as an advertiser than on Matt Farah's because what you said then is probably what most people do. For some reason, mm-hmm. the way Spike yep. does it, I tend to listen yep. to 10 seconds of the ad. It's the way he delivers it, the way that it's live. Matt Farah said yesterday that he... Because funny and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny. And Matt Fat Farah said yesterday that he records all the ads in the intro at home. You know, he doesn't do them yep. in the studio. Yeah. So he just records yeah. them. I don't know. I think... I think Spike's way of it's, doing it for me is better. It seems to work. It seems to make you... It's far personal. Matt, Matt Farrow is basically doing the absolute kind of bare minimum that you need to do because somebody is paying you money to run an ad, whereas, I mean, maybe the difference between the two kind of things is that Spike probably doesn't need the money. How much, how much do you think they get paid for those ads? I don't actually know. I'd be very curious. Yeah, me too. I don't um, know where you get that data. I'd like to know what they, if they're 1,000 US an ad, 2,000 US an ad. You could probably find it because, like, you'd find a rate card for them as as influencers. But, and I'm actually kind of semi not joking. Whereas I have a feeling that probably Zuckerman and Spike probably couldn't give two hoots if they actually didn't run ads. Like they're probably kind of just doing it to kind of recoup some costs. Where Matt Farah is very commercially savvy, and that is physically yeah. his business. So that's why he's doing it. <laughs> what did he say the other day? He said, you know, I could do an Instagram live story or I could do one of those things on Instagram, you know. He said, but he said, I'm really yeah. conscious of doing things that don't generate me income. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like, I don't yeah. want to be famous. I just want the money. Just give me, you know, his Jewish thing coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, at no, least you're honest. At least you're honest, you know. Same with TGE. Like, um, uh, no, there's. Uh, I suggested to you we could talk about that hoo-ha with um, Mr. JWW and all that sort of shit, which we don't necessarily need to go through. But the thing I like about TGE is that he also is very transparent. But, you know, like all of these videos, all the content's there, but he's flogging stuff to us and he's not yeah. hiding anything. So No, he has multiple oh. businesses. I mean, I like him. I, I don't have a problem with him. I like him. I mean, I comment yeah. on his things. Yeah. He responds every now and again to stuff. He responds to a message. I like him. He's all right. He's all right. I've seen him in the UK a couple of times, actually. He looks the same. Yeah, right. Um, all right. Um, Steve, before we get into our conversation, I want to we'll get into the GT talk. I just want to say, and mm. I know this is really weird because people, half the people listening probably don't even know what I'm talking about. But I joined the Clubhouse app, right? And I joined the Clubhouse yep. app because I'm going to do a Porsche cooled thing on Clubhouse. And that was, you know, thanks to Nick, who's got the 912 in the UK the class, at the Classic, mm-hmm. the classic Series, Nick. Um, he's on it. He gave me his invite and I joined it. I haven't really spent a lot of time on it. I've been looking at things and listening to things. It's kind of like a, I don't know. I kind of like how, um, it's audio only clubhouse. It's an audio only thing. It's like, I don't actually know what it is. Well, you can listen to conversations, interviews. Like the other day, Naomi Campbell, the model was on a room, you know, like everyone's in the room because she was in the room and she was, you could talk to her. Um, but it's like interesting people, Uh, I guess, various topics, it's like a live podcast, but it's like a live podcast that's a conference call. So it's like a po- live podcast with a lot of people in the room. So everyone can have the, the ability to talk if they want to talk. Um, yeah, so right, you schedule okay. it, you yep. schedule it, you have this podcast. Apparently, it's the next big, big thing. 
Yep. I'm not convinced at the moment. I'm not convinced. And maybe I need to get into it deeper. And Nick um, told me that, you know, we have you have to do three rooms and then you can set up a club. And to do a club, you know, you could do the Porsche Cool Club, for example, right? And yeah. people can join. Yep. So when people come on to Clubhouse, they can join. Clubhouse at the moment is a bit exclusive. It's limited. It's only invite only. You can only get invites right. when you join up. When yep. someone recommends you, like Nick recommended me, on my profile yep. it says invited by Nick. Um, but Nick at the Classic Series, so he invited me, so he's there, and everyone has that on their profile. So I invited Ajmal with my invite because I'm going to do something mm-hmm. with Ajmal on on there. We're going to do a room on there. Anyway, mm-hmm. to get to the point, for some reason, and I don't understand why, um, Clubhouse gave me three invites last night. They actually gave me mm-hmm. three invites. Now, these invites are really hard to come by. Um, people are mm-hmm. selling them. You know, it's huge in China. It's, it, it's, it's a huge thing. You know, I, I don't really understand it completely at the moment mm-hmm. but so i just want mm-hmm. to do this one thing i want to give away to the people listening to the podcast steve mm-hmm. because these are my friends i don't have any other friends except for you um, <laughs> <laughs> i want to give away to to whoever's listening today if i have three invites um to give you that invite i need your mobile number because it has to be sent to a mobile number it works like on a phone number thing um, it only works on iOS. It only works on iPhone. If you think you will use it and you think it's something that you'll be interested in doing, and like I said, when I eventually set up the, the club for Porsche Cooled, you know, you guys hopefully will join that as well. But I have three invites. I will give them away. So just send me a, a DM through um, Porsche Cooled Instagram. Um, I'll need your mobile number. Um, so the first three people that send me that message, hopefully I can work out who the first three are, but the first three that send me the message, I will send you the invite and you can join Clubhouse. I didn't know what else to do with them. I mean, Natasha doesn't want it. I know you don't want it, Steve. Um, I could have given it to Natasha's sister, but I thought, you know, apparently they're really hard to come by. So I thought, you know, Nick gave it to me and I thought that was good. Let's keep the car culture going. So I'll give it to three other people who listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's, cool. that's all I wanted to say. What else? That's it. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> okay, GT3, Steve. Let's get into it. Mm-hmm. I know it's uh, it's it's flooding the internet. It's 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 all over the internet. I mean, even the, this morning, I put in the search, and there's just like even more and more articles and videos, and you know, from well-known people and not so well-known people. So it's all over. Um, it is pretty important. It is the seventh. If you've missed it, the seventh generation of the GT3 was launched yesterday. It was a live stream that Porsche did. I don't know what it is. I hate to say it, but those Porsche live streams, the, the girl that was presenting it, it's a little bit daggy. I think some of the humor's lost from German to um, English. It's a little bit daggy, but I watched it anyway. I watched it once it was finished. When I came back from my run, it was there on YouTube, so I just watched it. Mm-hmm. I, I know you haven't watched that one, Steve. And then directly no, after I directly after I watched the Harry uh, Catchpole uh, Car Fiction one. Henry. Henry Catchpole, sorry, Car Fiction one. Um, so we all know the first generation of the GT3 came out in 1999, the 996. Now we're up to the 992. A lot has changed, Steve. What do you think? First impressions of it, actually. Let's Before we get into like minor specs, we're not going to do this like a full technical one. It's more about how Steve and I feel about it. I mean, I have some strong mm-hmm. feelings about it, good and bad. Um, I do. What do you think? Mm, I'm a bit undecided, to be perfectly honest. Like... Um, it's funny because just before we started um, recording too, my mate with um, the 997 GT3 just sort of texted me and said, oh, what do you reckon? And it's like, yeah. I think I replied with, I certainly wouldn't be saying no. Um, so, And I'm sure it's um, an amazing drive and stuff like that. But 
It's interesting how motorsporty it has kind of gotten. Like it's almost yes. more like an RS than it is like a GT3. Yes. Um, but then where? And what, I wonder if that's where does that leave them for the RS though? This is where I, I wanted to get into with you with, in this conversation. Where does that leave the RS? Ah, uh, you know, like I think everyone sort of says it every time they kind of release a GT3. I remember the last one where Catchpole interviewed Preuninger at um, was it Goodwood? Yeah. They kind of released that one and. Um, Pretty much every single time, every every journalist kind of goes, "Wow, it's so good! Like, how are you, how on earth are you going to kind of improve on this kind of thing?" And yep. then every generation they do. Yeah. Um, like, I guess, I guess maybe they draw from the um, the the race cars like the RSR um, and all that sort of stuff. But this one is just so it's so motorsport, like you know, carbon. Um, carbon bonnet, carbon roof option, the wheels, like all the kind of aero, like all of it is, it's almost like the bits that they you traditionally would put in an RS and they've kind of put it on the standard GT3. Yeah, which makes me think, what are they going to do for the RS? I mean, let's just go through some of the That'd main things. Let's not go through too technical. Let's just go through some of the main yeah, things. Sure. And these things I noted down from watching the live stream and from watching um, Carfection and, yep. and reading another yep. article t- this morning. So let's just talk about the weight of it, right? The thing about AP that he always does, the head of GT Motorsport, is he always likes to get the weight down. You know what I mean? And we all Mm -hmm. know the 992 is a heavier car than the 991. Um, So he had a bit of a challenge. And it seems like in the live stream with uh, the Porsche live stream, he made that. He said it was a very challenging project this time around to get it Mm. to that point. Um, So like Steve just said, you know, it's got a carbon fiber hood, which is really freaking cool, right? It's cool to have a carbon hood on your GT3. Do you think? Yeah, because you never would have um, in the past. I mean, I guess there are like more and more kind of cars that have carbon pieces. Um, yeah. Wonder what it, I wonder what that does to your insurance because yeah. uh, the cost of repair would be like that's that's um, as soon as you kind of get a little crack in it or whatever, then that's a replacement. So that yeah. that part itself must be huge. So I wonder what your I wonder what your um, premiums are like on a, your insurance. Your maintenance could get more expensive. Yeah, I guess if you're buying one new, yeah. you don't really care. But you've got the carbon yeah, okay, fiber hood, Steve, like you said. You've got the lightweight glass from the RS, so it's all lightweight glass. Is this one lightweight glass as well? Yep, yep. That's how they reduce oh, weight, Jesus. lightweight glass. So I don't know. I mean, remember if you get window tint, I don't know if Porsche do it now. I think they were bringing it in. I don't know if they do it where you can get the lightweight glass tinted. But before, if you've got a tint on the oh. glass, you don't get the lightweight glass anymore. So I'm not sure if that's it's the thing. plastic. It's the Gorilla Graph. Gorilla glass that they use in phones, I think. It's the lightweight um, glass which they use on the G- on the RS. He said, "I'm pretty sure he said that." Yeah, um, the last one because before that, like it was plastic. You know, like you could press it and it was kind yeah. of perspex. I yeah. think this is actually when they're saying glass, it's um, gorilla glass. Okay, they call it. And then yeah. you can you can further reduce your weight by getting the roof in carbon. I'm not sure how yeah. much that reduced, so you can bring it down even more. The rear wing is yep. also carbon. So back to your point about yep. what happens if, you know, damage happens. The rear wing is carbon. Yep. They've reduced, this is what AP was saying in the presentation. They put in lightweight carpet. All the carpet is lightweight and they've lost three to four kilos in weight just from the yep. carpet. Yep. Um, this is not about weight, but he said the seats are more supportive. The best thing about the seats is they don't have that, that stripe on them anymore. So that's the best thing about the seats is that those stripes are now gone. Hopefully yeah. that's not an option, but they didn't show it like that. It's kind of got a little bit of the blue color showing through in this. It was like a double layer microfiber, he called it, double layer microfiber. That's how he explained it. I was going to ask, because is, um, is it 
Alcantara or is it um, so microfiber sounds like it's still uh, or, or microfiber and ultra suede are exactly the same thing they're just different kind yeah, of um, names is it is it Alcantara like suede okay. or is it actually like Sportec material I think it looks like to me like what was in the GT3 or GT2 RS the green one where you can see the green coming through the seat it looks like similar material. You know how you see the little mm. the little sort of, it's like perforated and you mm-hmm. see it coming through the seats. I wanted to say an interesting mm. thing, actually. I recorded an owner's story that's coming up. Actually, it's next week with Elliot, who's got a brand new 992. And do you know mm-hmm. that you cannot spec Alcantara anymore on a 911? Oh, really? It's race what? tech. Oh, they've just changed. So that, that just means that they've changed the... Um, but it's a different material. sourcing it from... Italy, because Alcantara is a brand name. Yes, it's a brand name, but oh. it feels different. Apparently, it's a, it's got a different feel to it. I don't know. But if is you know it still much. suede? Is it still synthetic suede? Oh, well, I guess so. It's they call it Race Tech, so I don't know if I don't yeah. know what the how they explained it on the Race Techs or Race Techs is it? Maybe it's Race Techs. I've, I've had I've had ultra suede um, trimmed and like a different. I think on the one M and stuff like that, and it feels like Alcantara. So it's just a different name. Yeah. All right. Possibly. So. So that's apparently what what they're doing now. They're not they're not they don't have Alcantara anymore. When you do an option for a car, right. so maybe when he's he called it microfiber, he called it microfiber for the seats. Okay. Anyway, uh, the battery is, and I didn't get this from their presentation. This was on um, Carfection. The battery is a lithium iron phosphate battery. It's ten kilograms less than the nine nine one battery in the nine nine one GT three. Ten kilograms mm-hmm. less, Steve. Um, so that makes a big difference. Obviously, I don't know about the wheels though. I wasn't sure if the wheels were lighter or not. Do you like the design They're of the wheels? Forged. Mm, same thing. I miss. I I really liked about my car, the 996, the 991, how the wheel design, which was really modern, but was still sort of clever enough to um, reference the Fuchs wheels, like the pedal, the five pedal shape. Um, and it's a bit bit of a pity that it's gone because this wheel now is like again full RS sort of style. Like that's yeah. a. That, that pretty much is a BBS sort of, you know, mesh multi-spoke type racing wheel, which they've kind of had for ages, which I really like. But um, it's just a bit of a shame that the, um, the kind of Fuchs style thing is, the Fuchs reference is gone. Yeah, I like it. I don't mind the new wheel. I think it looks, I mean, I'd have yeah. to see it closer up, but it looks like it's okay. Yeah, I don't hate it. I'm definitely not hating it. So the manual, uh, we just, I don't want to go through the specs too much, but the manual was apparently 1,418 kilograms. I don't know what that is in pounds. The PDK was 1,434 kilograms. And basically he said, AP said, it's close to the outgoing GT3. It's a few kilograms heavier. So basically he's got the weight down to almost the same as the outgoing 991, even though the 992 is a much heavier car and a bigger car. Remember that it is a bigger car. The one important thing I thought was interesting, which um, Carfection had, is that the Club Sport package, of course, adds weight. And if you opt to have the Club Sport package because of the roll cage, now, it surprises me that they're not doing a titanium roll cage as they do in the RSs, right? They'll save it. They'll save it for the RS. saving it, yeah. So it adds 15 kilos, the Club Sport package, because of the roll cage. Yep. That's a lot. 15 kilos is a lot. So I don't know. Maybe you... Not really. Really? But maybe... Do you think, though, here's a question for you because I was thinking about this. You know, if you're hung up on weight, right, you want to get your new GT3 as light as possible. Do you hmm. opt then? Okay, I'll opt and I'll get my roof in carbon because I want to get the club sport package and that'll balance it out. Yeah, I don't know. I, 
it's sort of funny like we've spoken about it before and i've spoken to friends who were into motorbikes you know about kind of carbon bits on motorbikes you spend like thousands kind of trimming carbon out of it but like i mean really that's sort of sometimes the difference between having breakfast and not or <laughs> true, you know true. having a passenger or yeah. not kind of thing so yeah put on five say, lose, weight, go, lose weight is the best way yeah, to lose weight exactly. in your car right that's what I, yeah that's yeah. right so 15 kilos you know like um if you wanted to kind of strip 15 kilos out of lose car, your no, gut. have to work really hard lose your gut exactly <laughs> where dri- drive your car naked yeah, exactly. Um, Don't wear denim. Denim weighs a kilogram. Wear lightweight, you know, yeah. technical fabric pants. <laughs> so it, it's funny because I think we we as punters can kind of get hung up on weight things because you get all boffany about it. But when you literally kind of think about it, are you going to feel 15 kilos different yeah. even if you're driving kind of relatively hard down the old pack highway no. on a Sunday? Nah. It's all about boasting. It's all about saying you've got, you know, yeah. you've done this and you've lost this. But what about the, tra- I want to talk about the transmission because Porsche's done what we knew they would do. Six speed manual, um, which would be my yep. choice. Um, and a seven yep. speed PDK. Now the PDK is interesting. And this was the thing that we saw in the original spy shots. When I said to you, Steve, how come the, how come the, the PDK has a gear shift? It doesn't look like the 992. Remember I said that to you? It's because the PDK is a seven-speed PDK, which is not the eight-speed in the 992 generation. It's a different PDK. So that's why the PDK model in the GT3 has a proper shifter. It looks like a manual when you first look at it. You know, it's it's not that unique PDK gear selector that's in the manual. It's in the... Um, Braun Shaver thing. Yeah, the Braun Shaver thing that's in the 992 because it looks like a gear stick. So it looks when you but look into the... That- he mentioned that in the um, pre-tease thing with um, Chris Harris where he sort of said that AP himself still kind of likes to nudge nudge a kind of gear knob like a sequential shifter in a race car, yeah. whereas Frank Wallace likes to use um, paddles kind of thing. So I don't know. Um, yeah. So that's a that's a bit of a change anyway. So it looks different to the 992 because it does have that shifter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, down, downforce. I mean, we all know about the downforce side of it, Steve. I mean, the, the, the dual bonnet vents on the, on the um, front. I don't really like the look of them, i got to say. I said that previously and I still, I don't still dislike think them. it looks a little bit. I don't know, because the whole thing has kind of gotten motorsporty, it does, like, it's definitely more aggressive, but it's not as, not as sort of uh, stylish or uh, sophisticated as a design. Maybe the touring will kind of be kind of less um, overt, but... Yeah. I mean, the bonnet vents, what else has it got? The front splitter, the side, the deeper side skirts, um, the really full-on rear diffuser, which, you know, is sort of following on from the GT4, isn't it? I mean, the GT4 has got a big yep. diffuser now at the back. A pair yep. of exhaust tips. I thought from listening to the um, Porsche uh, presentation that the front splitter... See, the front splitter and rear, uh, rear wing can both be adjusted. I got the impression Always. from the I got the impression from the presentation that the front split the front one was adjusted automatically, but apparently it's not. Apparently it's I read something this morning yeah. and it says it only can be adjusted manually. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like the ALS system in the Lamborghini um, Huracan Performante, where it's like automatic. That system is automatic. I, that ALS system. Yeah, I wondered whether or not they'd save that for the RS as well. When you kind of look at the rear wing and all of that type of thing. Where, you know, like the air can flow through the wing and all that type of thing. But So now you've seen the wing and you've seen the final production model. Do you like the swan neck wing? Mm, I don't know. 
I don't, I don't hate it. Like I, I certainly would not be complaining if I had one. Like if I had, if I had the cash and all of that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, like it's cool. It's really cool. But um, I'd, I'd love to see what the touring looks like. Um, yeah. Because maybe if I had the money, maybe I'd actually kind of be a touring be going for the touring option. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting how they make it because, like you said, the GT3 now is aggressive. You know, the stand, this is this is not the RS we're looking at. This is the GT3. It's more, you know, it's got mm. a lot of things from the racetrack. You know, it's got a lot of things from the race car. How are they going to get – what are they going to do to make the touring be a touring? You know what I mean? How are they going to clean it up? How are they going to keep getting that right amount of downforce as well with this car? You know, it's going to be interesting to see what – and I think he said mm. it's going to be late They'll in the year. sacrifice that, won't they? Late in the yeah. year, though. Late in the year. Yeah. I don't know. It's um, – yeah, look – you wouldn't kick it out of bed, put it that way, but um, it just has lost some of the prettiness to it. And, you know, like there's nothing to sort of say that they have to go and be pretty, but I'll explain it. You think about like the previous gen GT2 RS, um, you know, like with the kind of carbon bonnet and the sort of colored bit down the middle and just the overall aesthetic of that thing kind of got to the point where it sort of looks a little bit more like a tuner car didn't if you know what i mean sort of like um sort of. there's so much stuff going on it with the wings and the vents and then sort of like some exposed carbon and some decals and you know some leery color and match it with gold wheels so it's kind of become less and less subtle um yeah. whereas if you think about yes. like a sort of as a you know 911r or by comparison there's sort of two ends of a bit of a spectrum in terms of how flashy the thing is. It yeah. seems like the GT3 is now getting flashier is sort of what I'm trying to say. And I'm not, you know, it kind of would be nice if it wasn't as full on as that. I agree with you. And that's the thing that I was challenged by when I was looking at it because, yeah, I really like it. I do like it. All right. I don't hate it. I look at it and I've looked, you know, I've watched a few videos. I've looked at the images and I like it. And I think the rear wing, even though it's larger, Steve, it somehow yep. feels more, more contained. Like when you look at the rear of the yep. 992 and you look at the rear of the 991, I actually think the way yep. they've integrated the wing, even though it is a bigger wing and it's a swan neck, I think it looks more integrated into the rear of the car. You know what I mean? It doesn't look yep. as plonked on. Um, I still The 991, if you look at it in some ways, it looks like it's just plonked on. It looks like it's designed around the car. You know, it's part of the car. So I think that's a really... Mm -hmm. I think they've done that really, really well. I really do think they've done that well. I agree with you in that I think that it's lost something of that pure simplicity that it's always had. You know, it's always about this is how it looks. It doesn't look that fast, but it's what's under the surface. And now it's yep. starting to look like you said, it's looking like a race car and it's like, well, this is what's under the surface and this is what it is. You know, it's super fast. Look at my wing. Look at this. You know, it, it, it looks too racy almost in some ways. And that's what worries me. And I kind of think I'm wondering, and I wanted to keep this to the end of the conversation, but maybe we can put it in here, Steve. Mm -hmm. I have a funny feeling that, you know, that I don't think the 991.2 values of a GT3 are going to go down that much. And I think the 997 oh. GT3 is going to go up more because I think there's a lot of people like us even though we would love to have that point. <laughs> we can't afford it. <laughs> We'd love to have it. We can't afford it. But then you. But then it's also yeah. that challenge in your mind where, you know, I want it, but, oh, man, I really like that. I really like the simplicity of the, the 997, even the 996, you know, point two, you know, the nine, 997, let's just say 997 and 991. I like mm -hmm. how it 
it's understated in a way. It is a bit more understated. It is a bit more. You're, you're right. And I think it's also kind of like when you think of um, German sort of performance cars, like think of the latest M3, the way that that looks, or the AMG Black Series, you know, GTR on that GT range. Like when AMG sort of do sort of like the full-on, their kind of motorsport car, whenever Audi, BMW, AMG kind of do that sort of German motorsport thing, it's all got like that sort of common look and this feels like that. It doesn't feel, so it's all kind of, going down this route that makes it look really kind of race car Is that the problem, though? Is, is it the problem that the, 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 the GTR Pro, like you said, looks like mm. a race car? It looks like the race car. No, it's, not a, it's definitely not a problem because they are race cars. So, like, you know, it's not like um, they're making it up kind of thing. It, there's, there's, they've got the kind of heritage and everything to back it up, particularly Porsche. It's just... Um, but that was the know, RS. Just, but that's the RS, though, you know what I mean? Like you said, yeah, yeah, the yeah. GT3 is now it's blurring the lines between the RS yep. thing. You know, what's going to happen to the RS now? You know what I mean? This is what – how far is that going to go? Is it going to look like a Senna? You know, is it going to be like that? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Look, they're smart cookies. I bet you it's all deliberate. I, I bet you any money that um, they'll release the touring and we'll kind of go, ah, oh, see, like the touring is for us and then, you know, like yeah. maybe – younger guys or, you know, people who can afford like McLarens and stuff like that sort of opt for um, the sort of GT3 kind of thing because it is a bit of a, a look. Yeah. So, I think um, the hard thing here, here's a hard question for you. You know, you've got the mm-hmm. cash. You just came into some cash. You just sold all your crypto or you sold your, you know, mansion <laughs> in Beverly Hills or wherever you live. Okay. Would you order the GT3 now if you could get allocation or would you wait for the touring? I'd probably wait for the touring, I think. But I bet you wouldn't. Did they ever sort of say anything in any of these press releases? Like, a, surely the car sold out for, you know, I don't know. The next year and a bit or well, something. I couldn't. I, I was trying to find the. I want to still go through a few more of these specs, but I was trying to find the price. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find the price for mm-hmm. Australia. It said it's not released yet. And I couldn't find a price for the yep. US. Maybe it's there, but I couldn't find it when I was quickly searching before we started. The only price I could mm-hmm. find was the one that um, Carfection, where he said. Uh, was one hundred and twenty three thousand pounds base price? Yeah, one twenty three one hundred. Yeah, one yeah. I I but I think the old yep. one wasn't the old one a lot cheaper than that. See, I didn't get the old price. I should have got the old price yeah. to compare it. But there is a lot more technology. There is obviously a lot more technology. I can't remember, but I think I listened to a podcast that sort of said that between the very first, um, you know, the nine nine six to now. It's kind of gone up. Was it twelve thousand pounds? It was right. sort of like more right. than ten percent of the value of the car, which is a lot. Yeah. But then uh, I think the guys that were sort of commenting on it sort of actually also in the same breath sort of said, "Yeah, but look, if they wanted to charge like one hundred and fifty pound, one hundred and fifty thousand pounds for this, they could probably kind of get away with it, and people would it'd still yeah. sell out." Well, they're going to so. sell it, aren't they? They're going to be selling for over yeah. a sticker. People are going to be trying to make money on them. You know, I saw an Instagram yeah, yeah, post yeah. today. Um, the, the the guy that does the colors of the of the GT3s and he had all different colors in the car. Oh, yeah. It looks pretty good, you know. It looks it's like every 911 it always looks a little bit different. You know, I saw someone that posted a golf orange one today. I don't know whether golf orange is an available color or because they're saying they're going to yep. do the PTS from the beginning, they're going to sort out the PTS issue this time and have a proper PTS program almost yep. straight away. We'll see how that works. Yep. I mean, so you know, anyway, 
the car itself, you know, we know all this, all this aero, it's for downforce, you know, it, it's got apparently 50% more downforce, you know, the wing is like the one from the race car. Um, what else, Steve? Um, and then you've got all the technical side of it. Now, the big thing that everyone's been going about, going on about, and I'm not mechanical and mm-hmm. I don't really understand this, but I kind of see what they were saying, is about the, the road model. The GT3 is the first road model with um, double wishbone front suspension rather than the previous GT3 that had McPherson struts. And it said it's derived from Mm -hmm. the outgoing 911 RSR race car. Um, And that's what he made the point in the presentation, AP, about it's from the race car. It's, it's, you know, it's pretty amazing that they put this into the production model. Um, The wheels, I don't know what size wheels are in your car, but these are, the wheels are 20 inch front, 21 rear, um, forged wheels. like little 19s. Are they? I'm looking at the pictures of this thing and you look at the size of the brake discs. I bet you the brake discs are got bigger. Probably the size of my wheels. Yeah. I think they're yeah. like 400 at the front, which is crazy. Yeah. Here you go, mate. Uh, the, it's 1.6 kilogram lighter, the units. The alloy wheels are 1.6 kilograms lighter than the units fitted to its predecessor. Wrapped mm-hmm. in 10 millimeter wider Michelin Pilot Sport Cup 2R tires. Uh, carbon or uh, steel or carbon brakes, depending on what you opt. Um, and then, oh, this is the other one to save weight, which I thought was interesting. An optional sports exhaust system saves another 10 kilos over the standard setup and features adjustable flaps to enhance engine sound on the way to the 4-litre uh, 9,000 uh, red line. 9,000 oh, red, okay. red line. I wonder what that is. So that'll be interesting to know what, what the exhaust, exhaust is. exhaust option is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it features... Adjustable flaps to enhance engine sound. Be interesting. I would, because the previous ones all had um, valved exhaust, so I wonder um, what the difference is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like we just said, the engine goes up to 9,000 RPM. I think it's 500-odd horsepower, right? I didn't write it down. I think I'm going yeah, by memory. 503 or something like that. 503 horsepower. I mean, the engine on those videos, you know, the one where they're doing the uh, Norschleifer and, the, and they're doing the record lap, um, you know, the engine sounds amazing. Mm, I, I, it does sound s- good. Someone said the engine is the same engine from, I think it was AP. The engine is basically the engine from the Speedster in the 991 generation. Yep. Did you read that? Yeah, yeah. Because they had to kind of, um, they had they modified it slightly as they kind of kept going. And it's, um, the Speedster um, was the first with the particulate filters in it as well. Oh, okay. Um, and actually, oh, and the, um, what is it? Independent throttle bodies. Oh, that's right. Yeah, cylinder. yeah. That's right. Which were um, really, he was really excited about that AP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I, Which I, I would be too if I understood <laughs> it exactly. <laughs> I do like, I do like the, 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 you know, the button on the wheel, the, you know, the dial. Um, so for the GT3, if you've watched it, it's got normal, it's got sport and it's got track modes. Um, then you get that track view, Steve, on the display. You get the special track view, which is really cool because it has the illuminated bars on the left and the right of the rev counter and a shift light. The change-up lights. Yeah, the shift, shift lights, light yeah. derived from the motorsport you know, motorsport cards. Um, that time on the Norschleifer was 6.59. It was 17 and a half seconds quicker than the previous GT3. 17 and a but half seconds. how much seconds. of that is down to the tyre? That's what I'm going to say. the old car ran... Cup twos and this is cup yeah. two hours. That's so. what I was going to get to. Your point is that the tires, how much sec, how many seconds are you getting out of the tires? Probably not the full 17, but, um, yeah, but who knows? Okay, but this is the interesting one, and I think it had the same tires. This is the point they maybe this is the point they made 
when they were talking about the GT3 RS, the previous generation GT3 RS 991.2, they said it was 1.2 seconds quicker than the previous generation GT2 GT3 RS on the same tires. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's pretty amazing. So what is the GT3 RS going to be then? How fast is that going to be? Yeah. It's just technology and they're like, you know, German engineers kind of getting together, spending three years or more kind of honing something. It's just like this kind of ongoing sort of thing where they're just kind of polishing and honing something to the nth degree. And we kind of, we're all going, oh, they can't make it any better, but they do. And yeah. I mean, I guess a lot of it does come from the track because they actually are running like a car better than this one, like an RSR in this kind of next year. And they kind of take all the learnings from that. So they kind of passed on the, you know, the double wishbone front suspension, all the kind of aerodynamic learnings, all the kind of, you know, engine stuff. And it just kind of gets passed down. So sort of, I guess that's what's really cool about it because it is like motorsport does improve the breed kind of thing. Um and it does justify, therefore, why this car is so, you know, motorsport in its in its aesthetic. Like, at least it's not sort of like just kind of dress-ups where, yeah, true. you know, it can't really live up to, like, mm. you know, all those kind of cues and features. But um, so, yeah, it's it's a pretty kind of mean-looking thing. It is. I mean, I, I, I do like how it looks. I do like how it looks. But um, did you like the color, the launch color? Shark blue, whatever it was called. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of getting sick of. It's hard because, like, from a marketing perspective, they've they've kind of teased us for so long, and we've already kind of seen like quite a few pictures and stuff like that. So I'm not sort of saying that yet. Uh, this morning's kind of launch was sort of flat or anything like that, but I just kind of go, oh yeah, like you know, it's it looks kind of a, become fam- familiar now. Yeah, true. It looks a bit like Riviera blue, but then in certain lights, it looks completely it does, different. Yeah, it looks like Mexico Riviera yeah. blue, doesn't it? It's one of those um, shark blue. I don't but know how, if I like the name, but you know. How bad are these photos, though? Like some of them look like they're shot on an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, some of them are. Yeah, but I don't know, Steve. Like I mean, let's like let's let's just go stuff. back. Let's just go back to the yeah. feeling, though. So you know, you've got your nine nine six generation GT three. You've got your nine nine seven that you own, and you've got the nine nine one. And now we're into the nine nine two. Um, yep. What do you, what do you think it does to the other generations now? What do you think? How do you think people are going to see it when they're, <clears throat> you know, you're sitting on the fence, think, sitting on the fence at the moment, thinking you want a nine nine one GT three or a nine nine seven. Mm-hmm. You think people are going to say, "Well, I'll wait for a few years till I can get the nine nine two, or do you think people go, "Well, hey, I like how it's, I like the analog, yeah. I like the simplicity, the less tech of of the nine nine seven, nine nine six, nine nine one." I don't really kind of think so because I don't think you're really going to be kind of cross shopping all of that sort of stuff. Like, I think the kind of truth of it is that there's probably people that are going to 992 GT3s that probably coming out of Lambos and Ferraris and, you know, all of that sort of stuff if you can kind of get on the list or you, you pay over kind of um, RRP. Um, then, then there's the kind of massive hordes of enthusiasts that probably have had kind of previous GT cars and stuff like that as well. So, um, yeah, I think you're, uh, I think it feels that way, doesn't it? It feels that Porsche has decided they want new customers to the brand. They want to get those Lambo guys who don't look at the GT3. They want to get those, some of those even, you know, Merc guys or Ferrari guys, they want to get them into the GT3. You know what I mean? 
they want to tempt them with yeah. that. And maybe the GT3 RS is once again is going to be more comparable to the center to those sort of buyers. You know sure. what I mean? Because the price is going to be so high. So is it about Porsche sort of thinking, well, we've got our regular customers. They're our regulars. They love us. They're going to buy our car regardless. They're going to order a GT3. The guys will order it. They're going to order it. But what about those other guys yeah. we haven't got yet? There's still a lot of them. You yeah. know? And I feel and like that, that's, that's where you kind of need to compare in terms of the tech and the look and all of that sort of stuff. Like you do need to kind of slightly kind of compete with, you know, there's sort of other people out there. Um, but yeah, like to answer your question, what's it going to do for like the previous generations? It's only just going to grow. It's just going to grow the kind of appreciation and the myth that, you know, this mythological kind of car that okay. because this this car will obviously kind of perform like crazy and um, all the other kind of cars still kind of bask in the halo of like, yeah. Um, all the other cars in the range and then which is I suppose really just kind of a good thing but I don't think um, I don't think really it's sort of I don't think you ever really kind of compare or if you're, if you're really uber wealthy and when you kind of get on Renlist you know there are some people you know that have like multiple generations of GT3s um, and ideally you know I'm sure you'd like to be one of those and I'd love to kind of be one of those too um, maybe kind of what would be interesting about it is that would I necessarily, if I had all the money in the world, own a 996 and a 997 GT3? Probably not. They're probably too close. But the further this kind of goes, because it's spanning 21 years, like it probably there probably would be a big enough difference between a 997, say, and a 991 yeah. or a 992 that you know, mm. like if you've kind of got the money, then I'd like to kind of have a couple of these things because there's enough difference in them to kind of, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, I the, 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 combination, the combination that comes into my head is the 997 GT3 RS and, a mm. nine, and the new 992 GT3. I think that would mm. be kind of a nice combination. Do you know what I mean? The, the 992 yeah. GT3 is probably faster, a lot faster, but I think that would oh, be a good combination. By, by far. But do you think, let's just, fly, to just cast your mind back. And I can't mm. really remember. But when the 991 GT3 came out, do you think it was as, as, as exciting as this 992 compared to the previous 991? Like was the 991, was it as a bigger impact replacing the 997? Yeah, I think it was. It was a pretty big thing because they'd, they'd just kind of gotten to this point where they were so kind of revered. I mean... The biggest problem with that was because they sort of like everything was overshadowed by the fact that there was no manual. So, you know, everything was sort of spoken about PDK and pointing a spent, spent, you know, like the whole kind of press launch justifying why PDK was kind of quicker and supposedly better only to later reveal that, you know, they didn't have the budget to kind of develop both gearboxes. So they just were saving it for later, basically. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, you know. It's it's obviously like a big deal. I I think maybe also I s sort of struggle with it because maybe because of COVID, I've not, I've actually not seen many nine nine twos, so I'm not that uh, kind right. of. I haven't kind of become that accustomed to it yet, and right. every time I look at the pictures of it, I don't. I'm still really unsure of the ass end of it. Um, mm, I saw another one here in Bahrain the other day when I was running. One went mm. one went by. In silver. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I mean, then again, you know, a lot of cars look good on the road here. A 720S McLaren went past me the other yesterday or the day before yeah. as well. You know, uh, that looked fantastic as well. 
you know, but then even Cayman S's, you know, 981 Cayman S's, which are great looking cars, they, they seem to look really good here. Everything yeah, looks yeah. good. I mean, maybe so, it's just I'm missing Porsche or everything looks good. But I, I don't, I'm like you with the 991, I was not sure. But now I've seen quite a few, the 992, 92. I should say. Uh, 992, yep. I should say, yep. yeah. Um, I've seen quite a few and I, I like it. I actually do like it. I do yeah, like I it. saw a red one when I went to um, pick up my car today on the road and it looks good. Like it looks really, it, it looks it's big. looking more and more supercar. Yeah, it looks big and sort of wide. The stance yeah. is like even more squat yeah. um, and it's sort of flatter in its aesthetic. So it, it's starting to look more, you know, like when you think of like the basic kind of silhouette of um, even though they're mid-engine like a Ferrari or a Lambo or whatever, like they're kind of wide and really flat. And yeah. this is kind of, yeah. it's taking on those sorts of proportions. Yeah, and the rear of the 992, because of that line, makes it even look more squat, you know, makes it look yeah, flatter. Exactly. And that's what that's what I think they've done well. And when you see it on the road, you realise, you go, ah, that's why they've done that. You know, it, it makes, everything makes yep. sense with Porsche. You know, you first look at it and go, oh, what have they done? And then you look at it again, and you go, okay, I understand. And I think that's what's great about, but, great about Porsche. But... You go, is, back, you go yeah. back to the heritage of the car now, of the car itself. Like when you think about like, you know, um, uh, like 60s, 70s kind of um, 911s, they're very pretty cars. Like you would kind of describe yeah. them as being maybe more, maybe more feminine. Feminine, in terms yeah, they of, are. Like if, if you had to kind of choose a gender for the car, like would you sort of say that it's a female looking car? It's like, yeah, it's yes. a, they're really delicate and pretty and sort of quite graceful and everything and, would you say the same of like a 992? Like definitely not. Nope. It's kind of spun the other way. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, look, you know, I don't know. GT3, it's pretty cool. Um, you saw they brought a watch. Super cool. They, they brought that watch out to go along with it. <laughs> you know, usually, usually when I saw that first, when I saw the image at first, I thought I usually, you know, take the piss, so to speak, in the strain slang. I yeah. usually take the piss with these watches that go with cars. It doesn't have to be Porsche. It can be whatever car company is doing it. I don't think this chronograph that they've brought out, the Porsche design chronograph, is terrible, right? Now, I'm not an expert. How much is it? How much well, extra is it? Well, the thing is you can only order it if you buy the GT3. You can't buy it separately. Yeah. So they've kept it as a yeah. limited thing for owners. So I think in that respect, it's kind of cool, you know, depending on how it's much it costs. you got a bit more cred doing that. You've got yeah. a bit more cred. And I do like the thing they've done. I think it's quite clever that the ring, the ring around the dial on the bezel. Um, yeah the colour will match the colour of your car. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> but I, I know <laughs> as a... I don't as know a, that branded stuff, that's all. Yeah, I know. And I wouldn't normally, I would normally say, you know, it's a bit tacky, it's a bit, yuck, you know, but I think as a watch, I looked at the watch again just before we come online, Steve, and I don't mm, think it's mm. awful. I don't think it's awful. Um, but, you know, for me, I'd rather get that original Porsche design watch, which I'm looking for. I keep looking at them thinking. Yeah, I was looking for one of those. Did you have years one? Years ago, the black one. Did you have one? I tried to buy one ages ago, but they're so, they were so hard to find. This is like dating back like eight, ten years. I was yeah. trying to find them, but I couldn't. Um, and then they reissued it. They reissued um, They reissued it. They're on Chrono Maybe 24. Five years ago? There's some old, no, but, there's old ones on Chrono 24, but they're expensive. They come up. You saw the reissue that I'm talking about? Because mm, I, I saw remember. it in Hong Kong when I was there quite a few years back and I looked at it and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, it looks really cool, but it's not worth the money given like the movement that it's cited and all that type of thing. So No, they're not. But I, I think I would pay the money for the original one. 
even though like the original said, one, yeah. it's not worth the, the movement is just you know basic movement but a lot of watches have basic movements so but i know yeah, yeah, yeah. i think porsche i think what they've done by saying you can only buy it if you you know order the gt3 you know i think that's okay i think that's quite a cool um hmm. anything else so mate you do it? huh would you do it i would actually i said to tasha i said you know if I had the money, I would, you know, and they wouldn't take so my Tasha order. They wouldn't take my order. I said, I, I, would order, I would buy one. I would buy one. Mm-hmm. It, it's difficult for me, though, because like I said, would I wait for the Touring? I'd like to see the Touring before I ordered it. I'd like to see how it looks. I'd like to know how it looks because I really like the 991 Touring. I really do like it, you know, yeah, especially same. when it's in a nice color, like a more special color, PTS yeah. color. Um, like I said, I keep referring to, you know, the Ingham guy, Porsche Malone. On Instagram, he's got the blue one, which I think is an arrow blue, which I really like yep. that arrow blue. And I think when it's in a special color, the Touring, I think it looks pretty cool. But then again, would I have, if I had the choice between a, a 991.2 Touring or a 911R, yes. I'd rather have the R. Okay. So what color would you spec your um, your 992 GT3 in? GT Silver. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. No, I I actually like that. I like the golf orange color. I think, you know what? I think I would spec it. I would spec it in. Yeah. I'm not kidding. This is, it's going to be really boring. GT silver yeah. and one of the golf, like either golf blue, if they had golf blue or, yeah. or golf or orange even maybe, you know, like yeah. in keep to that sort of that color spectrum. What's the other color? Mm-hmm. What's the other golf color? This is three or four, three. Is it? I don't know. That's what I would pick. What would you, what color would you pick? What would you go for? Let's talk about colors, and then we'll end it for today. Oh, geez, I don't know. I hadn't thought. I about haven't it. seen the configurator though, so I don't know what colors are available. No, so that could change things. I saw that same um, PTRS post that you're talking about. I saw that you liked it. Um, what color? I don't know. I'm always still kind of partial to probably something like a signal yellow. I don't know something kind of cool about. You'd never sell it though. Yellow. Bahama yellow. <laughs> Don't, mate. I'd be, I'd be so wealthy. Like it wouldn't matter. I'd just be kind of putting putting cash in garbage bins and setting it on fire. Just, yeah, just because I could. See, I think it's going to be over four hundred thousand in Australia. Once you put on a few options, Holy it's going shit. to hit. It's going to hit four hundred k. This one for sure, for sure. Mm. Um, I don't know what the list price will be, but I'm guessing it's going to be what three fifty, three sixty somewhere in Australia. I think it'd have yeah, to. Yeah, and it sounds like. Sounds like you can't not get like option the sports exhaust and yeah, like no, you'd have cars, to buy that. Pro- probably everyone's going to go and get the carbon roof and all of that type of thing as well, and they'll run out of yeah. They're going to be selling for five. Of it. They're going to be selling for five hundred thousand, mate. They're going to be online. People are going to buy one and then resell it straight away, and it's going to be five hundred and fifty or six hundred thousand. Are the lightweight buckets an option or is it standard? Doesn't say. I mean, the the car had them, the the launch car, but it didn't actually say. Oh, yeah, no, it comes with another seat. They... No, 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 it comes with another seat. I saw the picture. Heavily bolstered to sports seat. It comes with another seat. I did see uh, it. Oh, yeah, I saw the picture too. You're right. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. remember, like, I think... So it's the an option then. It's an option. Because when the 991.1 first came out, they ran out of um, buckets yeah. sort yeah. of things. So, like, a lot of those cars, people that wanted them missed out. So they, had, they basically kind of had to take them without it. And they obviously kind of got duped because... Supposedly, everybody wants them now, and the car's not worth as much if you don't have the um, the lightweight buckets. But they've been tweaked, he said. They've been slightly changed. 
compared to the they previous... They look pretty similar. <clears throat> ...previous generation. They've been... I don't know what they've changed, but he said they're... More support, I think he said. They got more support. Oh, uh, okay. I'd, just visually, they look... Um, I sort of thought, oh, yeah, like pretty much every new generation, they've kind of introduced a new seat. But yeah. doesn't look... Didn't look like it in this one. But, mate, they've done what they always do. Porsche always do this. They always make us want it. They always make us yeah, want it. Good. And they always know that we can't get when we can't get it. But we want it, but we can't get it. <laughs> so, you know, it makes me just feel even more depressed about, you know, what's going on when I know that. But... You know, it, yeah. it it puts GT3 back in your mind. It puts, you know, the fact that, you know, I definitely want a GT3. I haven't lost that that passion for one. So Hurry up, know. mate. Yeah. I need Just money. Get one. I get need a money. 997, 901, that'd all be brilliant. Like a 991.2 would be an amazing car. Get the point one, the cheap one, where the engine's going to blow up in a couple of years. Mm, you could do that. <laughs> well, yeah. So while I'm standing in. by the side... Yeah, you may as well do that while I'm standing on the, by the side of the road kind of filling mm. bins up with um, money and then just setting it on fire. Yeah. You may well, as well just yeah, go you've got so much money. <laughs> You're about yeah. to buy a mansion, so you've got heaps of money. Yeah. By the it's way, before we leave, I want to say I saw a really distressing, apart from all my notifications coming through that my investments are all diving, um, I saw a really <laughs> distressing, I saw a really distressing. My setting money on fire. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what, you know what? I'm not going to get into it, but you know what I'm talking about. That's what I feel like I'm doing no, at the moment because I've just lost like <laughs> crazy amount of money. Um, that distressing picture in Sydney. The 356 uh, convertible, it wasn't a speedster, it was a convertible on fire on the side of the highway and the guy's just standing there in his shorts just watching his car burnt. Like fully restored, pale blue 356 convertible. I'm sure some of the guys in Australia who are watching this saw that footage. Oh, my God, I think it might have been in Melbourne or it could have been Sydney, I don't know. Tasha showed it to me. It's like it's just distressing. I don't know how I'd feel just standing there. I know you've got insurance, but it's like you're just standing there. Your car's just burning. No, not the same. Not in the 356. It's burning. Oh, before we go, before we go, talking about GT3. Get a fire extinguisher. That's a lot. Let that be a lesson to you. Yeah, obviously he had one. Obviously it didn't work. (laughs) Have you you bought yours? Get a functioning fire. No. I noticed on Pelican parts they were kind of 15% off. And if you buy like two or three, then you kind of get multiple discounts. But, but you can't ship you them. Can't, you can't. Yeah, so you've got to buy it locally in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I just want to do a, sh- I want to do a shout out. I'm sure he doesn't mind because it's on Instagram. Um, but James at Porsche, Porsche Platz, that's been on the owner mm-hmm. stories before, who had the um, cup car, um, the mm-hmm. Fitzgerald racing car, which he put back to like as it was with the right decals. Looks amazing. He took mm-hmm. it on the track. It's on Outlaw Garage, guys, um, in, uh, YouTube channel, the, the video of it. You should mm-hmm. watch it. I reposted it on my Porsche Good Instagram because it's for sale. He's selling it. So there you go, Steve. If you want a track wow. day car, I was just going to say, you want a track day car, contact James and you, there is your ideal. Can you imagine having that as your track day car? You'd have fun in that. I suspect I'd have to learn to drive properly first. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> All right. Um, and then before we go as well, I keep saying before we go, before we go, I keep putting these things in. But uh, next week's owner's stories on Tuesday is um, Elliot and it's about a 992 Carrera S that he's bought. Um, cool. First first 911, uh, 992 Carrera S. It's a really good story. We're talking about 992s today. So if you want to get a bit of insight to someone who's actually owned one, he's only owned it for a short while. I think it's been... It must be four weeks now because when I spoke to him, it was two weeks, and I think I recorded it two weeks oh, ago. Yeah. But um, it's yeah, a new cool. car. It's GT Silver, my favorite color, and it's specced really, really well. It's a manual too. Um, that's about it, Steve. Um, Come on. 
thanks for today. That was good. It was a good chat. No worries. Um, so let's okay, just tell the listeners. Let's just tell the listeners. Yeah, you have a good week as well. Let's tell the listeners. So Steve won't be here over the next couple of weeks, few weeks, um, while he celebrates the birth of his um, second child, which is very exciting. So all the best wishes to Steve that the next couple of weeks all go well. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Bit, bit scared, but you know it'll be good. <laughs> yeah, someone sent me a message actually. Um, mm. I don't know if I told you. Oh, I was Greg from First Flight Six, who's been on the Owner Stories about. You mm-hmm. said about we talking about in one of the episodes how he said, "Does it get any better when you, the second one? Does it get any easier?" He said, "Tell Steve it doesn't." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Craig. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and also, Ajmal did a new video the other day, Flat Cap Driver. It's up on YouTube, and you get a mention right. in at the end, Steve, about you know about how you you don't respond. That's exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah. Ajmal Ajmal's very, very upset. You know, he's very upset that you've just snubbed him. Okay. All right. Cool. Thanks, Steve. Cheers, mate. All right, Have cheers. All right. Thank you everyone. Uh, thanks for listening to the Porsche Cool Podcast and bye for now. <laughs>